Welcome to Real, Raw, Relatable, the podcast that brings you stories and experiences from entrepreneurs and business leaders. And now, here's your host, Zachary Ellis. Welcome back to the Triple R Podcast. Today's guest is James Peterson from Fort Worth, Texas. James spent some time at TCU. Go Frogs. In the MBA program. He's going to spend some time with us today and uh, talk about business, what he's doing, his experience. Obviously, important to have somebody from uh, Fort Worth with us, James. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's a cool space you got here. Nice setup. Yeah, yeah. This is the smaller office. This is not the big <laughs> office that we used to record in. But yeah. um, we'll just kind of talk with James, we'll talk about his earlier life, some of his business lessons that he's learned. And we're going to bring it to you straight. No BS, no back and forth. Exactly how it was is how we're going to tell it. So, James, I like it. how are you? Where are you from? What are you doing? What did you do? Yeah, a uh, lot to unpack there. But, you know, born and raised in Oklahoma City, Missouri. Um, it was in the Marine Corps my, in my younger life, in a past life, I guess. It was an infantry, infantry guy. Kind of went all over the world, saw a bunch of stuff, did a bunch of stuff. And... Uh, I've had a few odd jobs after that and um, some more of the cool stuff. I was a, a bodyguard, exec, did some executive protection for a couple of years. Oh, man, I've got stories. Um, worked in the oil field and uh, worked on the actual drilling rig, triple stacks, sliders, um, big names, big companies. Yeah. Everyone would know them, if, especially if you're a Texas guy. Um, then I was in insurance. Um Insurance broker for a few places. Commercial, personal. Uh, commercial, like like property and casualty for uh, like Fortune 5000. Okay. Um, learned a lot about business and uh, went and got my MBA at TCU. Learned a little more about business. In reality, I learned uh, how much I didn't know about business. Yeah. You know. Um, after that, uh, when it took the entrepreneurship route, started a, started a, a firm there in Fort Worth. Just exited it recently, and uh, I am back in insurance now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a nice background, you guys. <laughs> Spending some time in the oil field. Obviously, you know, with my main company, we're in the trucking industry, so yeah. we, uh, we kind of align closely. But that's interesting. So you mentioned the MBA program. I know that's something that few of us have uh, have looked at, especially being here in Fort Worth, TC, you pushed it pretty mm. hard. So what is it about the MBA program that you would uh, – maybe tell somebody or some of the benefits or what are some of the things that you learned that you look back on? You're like, man, that was an early life lesson I learned. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great question. I want to tie it to something that you and I have spoken about kind of a lot lately and that's uh, networking. Yeah. Um, and it's not networking just so you can get Rolodexes. It's actually networking with peers that are just in different industries. So you're, you're in a classroom in this particular program you're in a classroom full of executives from all different branches uh, or uh branches you can tell i'm a, a marine so all, all different industries and you get this amazing perspective of different industries on general business case studies so one of the ladies uh in my program she was the first plant manager for peterbilt and so you know she had a, a grad school background in accounting already before she started the program and so she would give really interesting perspectives on, on that business challenge. Another guy uh, ran a very successful security guard firm, you know, 800 employees, multi-state, multi and he would give interesting perspective. And it would just, it rounds out your thinking to make you a better executive moving forward. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, uh, that is something we've talked about, especially as, 
I think as an entrepreneur, the whole reason kind of I started this podcast, right, was just to give people real, raw, relatable, right? Real experiences. Mm. And say, man, I've been there, right? Real, raw, relatable, triple R. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, relatable experiences, raw events, man. How did they happen? Exactly like it happened. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of podcasts out there that will sit and talk um, with another business owner, whether you're mm-hmm. doing $2 million in revenue or you're doing $200 million in revenue. Like we try to have here with guys that have, have been through it. Be like, man, you know what? I had my first employee that um, came on board and three months later they tried to sue me. Or maybe we had our biggest customer turn around and go straight to our competitor behind our back. Like there's, there's just events you're like, man, that's – there's no way to act. Well, I almost feel bad for a lot of people who want to take the entrepreneurship route because what are they getting right now, right? They're getting some clown on Instagram who's never built and grown anything and they sell coaching programs, tell, like giving, t- talking about this fake grind culture, right? You got to get up early and you got to want it more than the other guy. And in reality, all it is is finding a business that you think you can build and grow and applying yourself diligently to that. And you make a lot of mistakes you, you slip and fall a lot. Um, you, you have a lot of problems and you power through it. And if it's a good business and you're a good business person, you work hard enough, you're going to grow it. Right. And, yeah. but they're getting like this, I call it the fake hustle, fake grind culture. I can't stand it. Right. <laughs> you know, some guys leaning on his Ferrari, he's walking into a private jet and talking about, Hey, I just opened my third business, but it's a load of, of nonsense. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and that's a big problem, too, obviously, as we see so much in social media interaction. Social media is everything because it's everywhere. But, mm. yeah, it gives people that, uh, that misconception. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the misconception, the fake sense of reality that the saying still goes or the, the not saying, what is it, the statistic, right? Mm. That the average American has less than $400 for an emergency. Mm-hmm. And then you give them time. But the same people that are engaged on that post with a guy that made $3 million online – donate four hundred dollars in their bank account for an emergency. So yeah. Um so you, you built something and just exited it mm-hmm. recently. Now you're back in insurance. Mm-hmm. What brought you back to insurance? What are you excited about? Well, I love the industry. I got my undergrad in, in uh risk management and finance and insurance. Okay. And then kind of took that road and then got the MBA. The one part that I was missing was the entrepreneurship experience. And now that I had that I really just want to help people with their own business problems and, and business challenges. Insurance is not that sexy, right? And yeah. people people think State Farm or something along those lines. But in reality, once you get to a certain place, it's all about hedging your bets and managing your downside, which is exactly what insurance is, is managing your downside, whether that's one of your drivers just ran headlong into somebody or you had a building burned down and you need your business income managed. I'm excited to kind of lever my business experience helping other business owners, other CFOs, risk managers, create a plan around that, mm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think obviously all of us have to have insurance, right? I think, mm. you know, every business should have insurance. Putting the pieces or putting the, the pieces and components together to be like, hey, you know what? If something happens, I'm covered in this. And obviously working in the business space is so much different than the personal space it's it's not even the same yeah it's not even the same industry it should have two different names because we're not just talking about your 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 home and life i mean this is how are you going to protect what you've built Mm. right it's not exactly sexy and people look at it as just something that they have to do and they can kind of resent an insurance broker but in reality someone who actually knows what they're doing is can be an invaluable asset to your business and to your growth 
Yeah. Well, right. and it's, it's not just the phone call that you make to say, hey, man, I'm here. But it's the phone call where you're like, hey, man, things have gone catastrophic. Who can I count on? Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the networking piece. So obviously spent some time in Fort Worth, built mm-hmm. a company back in the insurance business. I know a lot of people talk to us about, hey, you know, what are good ways to um, brainstorm new ideas? Or obviously in business, we always hear A, B, C, D, E, right? And, and the E part is mm-hmm. when you come up with a new business, having that exit. So in your experience, what do you find in creating a new business idea? Like, is there a place that you go to? Is there a daily, you know, ritual habit that you have to, to put you in a mind frame? Because uh, a lot of people that are listening to this are either current entrepreneurs or people that want to transition. Mm-hmm. So I love the shit that's not sexy. And I when I think about a business, so, so think about the guy who uh, had the idea that I'm going to start a company that sucks the crap out of a porta john, right? And now you see, I don't want to name the company, but you see the trucks all over Texas. The guy has over several thousand trucks and he's ma- making money hand over fist. Imagine how unsexy that was to start. Like, oh, you have a hedge fund. Oh, you manage a PE shop. Oh, you have a law firm. I suck, I suck crap out of Porter Johns. Yeah. Right. So my, and I've got a longer answer to this, but my number one step is to not necessarily outlaw any idea initially. Don't be like really quick to dis- disregard it because it's, not sexy, right? It's not what people imagine they're going to do after yeah. they get their MBA. And an, a second component to that answer is I surround myself with doers and achievers and the big brain people, right? People who have created something, people who are in the process of building something, people who have exited industry, people who are successful in wherever market. And, you know, you surround yourself with those people. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be so dismissive. They're gonna. They're gonna want to help you. Yeah. They're gonna want to be like, okay, I know, I know Zach. I know James. I know. I know their backgrounds. I know their industries. I know their strengths and weaknesses generally. And then they'll, you know what? I had this thought the other day when I was working out, and I think this might be a really good fit for you. You might want to explore it a little bit. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of. Um, I know in creating the businesses that kind of I have, I've, I've found myself, and I'm like, man. You know, I'm the guy that wants to do all the research, right? So I'm on, mm. you know, I've got Dallas Business Journal. I've got their membership deal. And, you know, I'll read through Forbes occasionally. You know, and the network piece is, is such a huge thing now because we're seeing this possible recession on the rise that everybody's talked about for six mm. months, eight months, nine months. Um, but it's amazing, you know, Frito-Lay shares are up. Pepsi, Coca-Cola's up. Um, I think Tesla's kind of been up and down. And a lot of these bigger stocks, but it was interesting to me that, the food and beverage space is still moving at mm-hmm. an incredible pace because, just like you said, it's not a very sexy route. I don't think the sucking shit out of porta potties is very <laughs> sexy, but it it makes money, and you know, it goes back to some of the wisest people uh, mm-hmm. with money that have made or money that has been made in the commercial real estate. Look, look at um, look at Phil Knight. Do you think so? Nike is amazing and beautiful now. I've got I've got some Jordans. I've got purple TC Jordans. Go Frogs. He got his business. He was hustling tennis shoes out of the trunk of his car. Mm-hmm. He even had to step away from his business to go be a CPA because his business wasn't generating any revenue, right? And now it's just this amazing, sexy company. But being an entrepreneur, running a business, it's not necessarily doing something that everyone would think you're cool. It's about coming up with a business plan. Coming up with a concept, finding your niche, finding your gap that you're gonna your your need that you're gonna meet for the consumer, and growing that business out, and then you exit. Right? It's so. 
I had a thought while you were talking. I have them from time to time. Yeah. I think every good business person should have two jobs, right? Your one job is growing your business or doing whatever you're doing. Your second job should be networking, mm. right? You should be touching someone every day, someone new. That's one of my jobs is I make sure that I meet someone new in some way, shape, or form Monday through Friday. And I always keep an eye out on the weekends if I'm, if I'm doing something, right? Because that's how you build your network. You never know who you're going to bump into that's going to add, add value or who you might be able to add value to. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you, you keep going back to networking. I'm sorry, man, how much have I missed out on? I, w- I would say that uh, you're a little bit behind the eight ball. You know, I have, I have a lot of ideas that we can, we can go over offline, but you, it's, it's, so the way to build an amazing network is to give value. Don't take value. And you just yeah. be a connector. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of my next question here. I'm, I'm just looking over it. Uh, you know, obviously with having that business idea, that networking is such a huge piece. And that also makes us into the, the exit piece. The last mm-hmm. podcast we did was with Gal Connection with James Webb. He was introduced to me from Presser. Presser mm. used to bank him at BBVA. Oh, wow. But uh, uh, Webb sold two different companies. One was a medical imaging where they did like MRIs. Started out in Fort Worth in the 90s. Sold that company, I think, for a little over 90 million mm. and then had uh 30 plus orange theory fitness the little fitness gym mm-hmm. uh, locations here in dallas fort worth and uh, sold those so my question to him was how do we come up with a new business idea what are the things that we can do and if you're starting from the bottom where do you go like for me obviously my story was very you know unconventional and similar to a lot of the people having the you know poverty ridden background the single mother who was raising two kids. And then when I started my own company, like I literally had nobody. I jumped in the trucking industry and the only person I had was my um, mom's uncle. Mm-hmm. He was down in Florida, he used to run walk-ins truck lines. He was the CEO of the company. But it didn't really align with the truck sales and truck buying. So it was so hard for me to be like, okay, who do I network with? So I just got on LinkedIn and I'm just like, okay, trucking. Let me connect with these trucking companies. Let me connect with these CEOs and these owners. You know, okay, now let me branch out and try to find some people in logistics. So it, there was trying to find people within that niche. But exactly like you're saying, it is so important to grow that network and be around mm-hmm. people that can help you with ideas. Because I think right now, especially kind of in the space that I'm in right now, trying to figure out, hey, what's going to happen? Where are we going to go? Is this recession going to happen? Pricing's dropped, et cetera. You can quickly get into like this downward spiral and it can be like detrimental where you come in every day and you're like, man. What am I doing? Uh, so, uh, you know, kind of speak to that. Obviously, you've been a business owner before. What have you, what have mm. you found in your in your challenges so far? Like, what's one or two things that you look back on and you're like, man, that really changed my life forever? So, I know people who have spiraled in business. I know people who failed miserably. And I had this mentor. He was a CFO for uh, one of his jobs, CFO for the UFC. Um, and CFO for an airline company. And I was new to being a producer and I thought that was going to change the world. And I was, you know, I'm going to do this and this and this. And then he loved Irish whiskey, took me to a bar in Dallas called the Dubliner, taught me about Irish whiskey. We talked about life and he just said, you know, the key to being successful in business is meeting needs, right? Mm -hmm. And if you would just set out to meet someone's need, your life will be different. And that was such a pivotal time for me in a pivotal like two hour meeting and I've taken that forward everywhere 
meet the need. You don't have to be, if you're not focused on being the smartest one in the room or the coolest one or the one that figured out and solved everything, if you could just work diligently behind the scenes, your life will change when it comes to business, right? Even that's, you were talking about Orange Theory. Like, so that's, he's an aggregator, right? He took some capital, bought one, bought two, three, four, and he just grew them and managed them appropriately. And that was a crucial time for me. And then when I realized it's it's uh, in business, especially the entrepreneurship route, you can't be scared to do the work mm. because that is, that's actually the hard part, especially whenever you're trying to come up with the next great business idea, there's 10 million people who have capital and who have MBAs in the U.S. right now who are all trying to do the exact same thing. Yeah, right? yeah, so that's that's perfect. You're on all the points, man. I didn't, <laughs> see, I didn't see the sheet. Yeah, you know, and that's that's so amazing that, that you say that is filling the need. This goes back to not wanting to be sexy all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, obviously, my company, or one of my companies, Right, truckbin.com. We specialize in uh, America's foremost truck buyer. Right, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We buy trucks uh, from trucking companies, independent operators, uh, leasing companies, etc., and we remarket them to our corporate partners. It's not a very sexy uh, niche, right? It's within the trucking industry, which is a seven billion dollar industry. But number two, we were and still are the only platform nationwide where you can sell your truck completely online. And the need that we were filling is, we thought there's only historically been one or two places to sell your truck. You either take it to the auction or you take it back to a dealer. Mm-hmm. Occasionally you can private sell it, but how many guys are you getting that are coming and kicking tires and looking at it and they want to finance it. And then all of a sudden you've wasted all this time and, and you can't get your time back. So um, that was kind of that need, but exactly like you were saying, these, these people that buy to this persona that you can just buy this course for 199 bucks and just make a couple million bucks doesn't work. I am still absurd. a firm believer, firm believer, 110% that there is more money that is made and sold by watching YouTube videos than anywhere else. Mm. Just the, the pure engagement on YouTube, there's so much information out there. I mean, everything mm. from fixing your fridge to learn how to uh, create an LLC mm. to, um, you know, filing business versus personal taxes. There's a lot of information. I just think that people aren't applying themselves, you know, and for me, I know there's a big difference uh, in my personal opinion between a business owner and an entrepreneur. Now, a business owner is a guy that runs a business or that inherited a business or took over a business that was already pre-existing. Yeah. Well, maybe some sort of franchise owner, right? But an entrepreneur is somebody that set out to do something completely different that nobody else was doing. You know, maybe it's somebody that goes and buys a franchise versus somebody that goes out and creates a new pharmaceutical drug or they go out and create a uh, automated online platform for software, whatever it is. So... Kind of speak to that and a lot of the networking that you've done, what are the biggest similarities uh, and differences that you find between business owners and entrepreneurs? So a business owner is going to be someone, and no offense to business owners in my network. I love all of you. So here, here's a prime example is someone who is hired by a PE firm to go into a business that might be distressed and to recognize the opportunities for streamlining they manage the PL better. A business owner, generally speaking, is a manager, right? Um, they're, they don't really like chaos. I think an entrepreneur thrives in chaos. An entrepreneur, they recognize the need. Okay, you know what? I actually recognize that I can meet that need better than anyone because yeah. I believe in myself. So an entrepreneur is someone who loves chaos. 
They're okay getting up early. They're okay working late. They're okay growing, adapting, and developing to meet that need as it progresses. They're going to be able to pivot well. Mm-hmm. Business owners are going to want to manage that P&L, grow that P&L, eventually look to exit, and then he's going to go look for the next bit. He or she is going to go look for the next opportunity to manage, right? And you can you can see it. And I, I I'm telling you when I when I go meet an entrepreneur friend of mine, there's no telling what's going to come out of their mouth. There's no telling what idea is going to come out of them that's they're going to be like, oh god, that's a good idea. Where you go meet a business owner, they're going to they're going to be talking about the HR problems or you know what the economy is doing. Is that James has no idea what he's installed for later today? <laughs> yeah, you're you're absolutely right, man. Uh, and I'm glad that you say that because you find the difference in that business owner, that entrepreneur. You know, this kind of brings me up to my next point was when you're an entrepreneur and you, you come up with an idea, um, there's so much information out there. I mean, you can go to, you know, YouTube or, or hell, just mm-hmm. go to Google and just type in starting my own company. And there's millions and millions of articles. And I think so many people get lost uh, and they just get spaced out that everybody wants to start a business. But unfortunately, this statistics still show this 67% of businesses fail in the first year. Mm-hmm. And in the second year, the remaining 73% of those fail. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about all in all less than 27 to 30% of those businesses in year three are still up and running and profitable. And I think nothing more pisses me off than seeing some you know, new technology company that uh, it has this $2 billion valuation and they haven't made a freaking dollar on their damn balance sheet because all they've been doing is just bundling in private equity or these big pharmaceutical companies that just make seed funding you're just like man what the fuck am i doing here all day mm-hmm. you know because we're driving a balance sheet so that we can be profitable we're making money from the minute that we open our doors up but now we have these software companies or we have this pharmaceutical company or this new SaaS company whatever it is yeah. they haven't made any money and it's aggravating to look at it like man i don't know where to go well you know it's almost it's almost like uh so you got to be careful because that's like comparing yourself and your your physique to like a professional athlete. Yeah. And these companies who get ABC series funding from venture capital shops, they have highly paid financial analysts that will come manipulate their data to make them look even better. And they'll have sales forces, salespeople, they're paying 150, 200, 300 grand a year to develop that pipeline. But who's verifying that pipe? Right. Mm-hmm. They, they might say they're having meetings and people are in first, second, third stages. Someone's getting ready to close a deal. Mm-hmm. But OK, so you look, it, it's it funnels up. Right. So that salesperson is is incentivized financially to manipulate their pipeline to make their pipe look better. The sales manager is financially incentivized to, to say that my sales force is actually going to deliver. You know, we have 65 million in pipe. And then the managers and the uh, board of directors are incentivized to say, look, this is what we have in the pipe. This is our this is what we're doing because they're going to get that next series of funding. Right. And so it's it's uh, especially in tech, especially in SaaS. It it is absurd. And this is something I've learned over the last couple of years um, with a mutual friend of ours. uh, You know, when when I ask how they're doing and this and this and they're getting ready for the third round because they're manipulated. So you got to be careful about that when you're comparing things. And then you're you're looking at the pharmaceutical stuff is it's it's such a different world from the entrepreneur startup world. Mm-hmm. Tech is a little different cuz tech again, tech is so sexy. If 
you show up wearing some Nikes and jeans and a T-shirt and you yeah. can baffle them with your presentation, yeah. it's actually pretty easy to raise $20, 30000000 million for startup investment. But For those of you that don't know, today we're starting Pearson and Ellis Capital. We're <laughs> not investment advisors or professionals. We advise you to check with the professional. We're going to be deploying capital. Yeah, yeah. Come at me, bro. Yeah. Let's go. I want all your good ideas. We'll fund you. Thanks so much for listening to the Real Raw Relatable Podcast. Please check us out on all the major podcast networks and be sure to subscribe and tell your friends.